0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. I am sad, sad and lonely, sad and lonely, sad and lonely, sad. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe-smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on the Tuesday after Chicago Pipe Show. Yeah, Pipe Show Hangover Day. How's that? Uh, On uh, this week's show, uh, in Pipe Parts, I'll give you a brief review of my trip to Chicago for the Pipe Show and what I saw. My guest is uh, pipe maker and pipe repairman Bob Clark, and then we'll have uh, some fun music, mailbag, and a rant. All that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, on the personal side, the non-pipe show side, the graduation went well. We pulled off the secret surprise of the graduation gift of a, not new, but a new used car. And uh, I want to just shout out a little bit to the East Carolina University Geography Department because they instead of having uh, very large school size graduations, they had smaller department size graduations. So it was uh, 16 or 18 graduates and the entire department of uh, professors were there each kid was able to submit pictures for a, uh, for a video that was played beforehand of, you know, pictures of them when they were little and all that stuff. Uh, it was a very nice, very small, intimate hour and 15 minutes where each kid got to, uh, you know, got their name called and got up there and got pictures and every, all the professors shook their hands. So, you know, much nicer than, uh, you know, say like 600, 800, or even a full school graduation of like four or 5,000, um, and, and Fast and Furious. Um, anyway, that was kind of what uh, started my, uh, well, since the last time we've talked, uh, you know, I've been involved with that, with family coming in from out of town and going to the graduation and everything. And then uh, getting back home on Friday and Saturday morning, hopping on an airplane for Chicago and uh, more about that in the rant later on, but, uh, yeah, so, all right, enough of that in pipe parts, you'll get to hear about the, uh, get to hear about my time at the show. So let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in. And here we go. There's nothing quite like hunting at dawn we smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show post-Chicago 2019. Still hung over a little bit, and I was only there for two days. Um, all right, so I arrive at the, uh, at the Pheasant Run Resort, the Mega Center, at, uh, or whatever they call it, at about uh, just about 1 o'clock. Um, a little bit after 1, maybe. Now, here's what I learned from last year's Chicago Pipe Show. Yeah. Uh, Thursday, Friday, and by Saturday morning, by Saturday at noon... You know, the the rush of, uh, I don't want to say good stuff, but the, the stuff that is hot and desirable, most of those deals are done. So, I really wanted to spend the time on Saturday saying hello to some people. And, uh, you know, there's, <laughs> can I be honest with you, there's been numerous guests of the radio show that I've actually only ever met over the phone or, uh, you know, Skype. So I had a few of them that I wanted to say hello to, wanted to chit-chat with, Uh, wanted to see some of their product up close and personal. So I kind of had a target list. Um, But just as you walk in the door, the uh, Peterson Pipe Book is out and available, and uh, Mark Irwin and Gary Malmberg were there with copies of it, signing it. And the, uh, the two educational displays, one was two cases of... Peterson pipes through the years of history and yeah, it was just I wish I had more time to spend to sit there and look at it and examine it and ask questions about the pipes because there was two full-size display cases full of Peterson pipes. Uh the other one was uh Paige Sims who we had on the show and he had all of his uh squat bulldogs there or, or saucer pipes so it was fun to see all those and of course those were right up at the entrance um the uh, and again the the first part you know i'm there for i'm there at one o'clock i you know I, I need to get something to eat but i wanted to get around and say hello to people and i did that spending most of my time on saturday walking around saying hello uh, and then there was a few people that brought stuff, including Mark Irwin, who brought a uh, a, a Mickey Mouse flying an airplane, and he made a, a tail banner for it for the Pipes Magazine radio show. So I'll try to post pictures of that on the uh, Pipes Magazine radio show's uh, Facebook page and on my own. And uh, Rob Cooper brought me a... Uh, disney uh, a biography of walt that is one that i don't own and it's from the early 90s so that was fun and i'll uh, i'll get a chance to sit down and read that but again i wanted to go around and get a feel for it uh i had one uh i had two tins of tobacco that were being brought for me that were older tobaccos uh in surveying the room, I would say that tobacco prices for the vintage stuff are still holding and there's still a craze for McClelland. Uh, some people were uh, <laughs> uh, some people were very proud of their pricing and weren't really wanting to sell it, so they marked it way up and, and then it looked like there were some good values there and some stuff was being sold. Uh, lots of independent pipe makers or, you know, newer pipe makers that were showing stuff. I did talk to a couple of guys about coming on the show and getting together with them. Uh, and then that was kind of Saturday. Uh, Saturday night was the, uh, pipe and was the cigar dinner with the new doctors of pipes. And those are Steve Monjour of, uh, Monjour international and John Toll from Columbus. And then, uh, Adam Davidson from, uh, smoking pipes was the new master of pipes and then afterwards there's a meeting where I can't tell you what happens with the doctors and the masters of pipes but the good part of the meeting is it's a good chance to see some people that yeah you may not be able to see because in uh 48 hours of being in Chicago it's it was described to me and it's right it's like a uh yeah, the Chicago Pipe Show is like speed dating unless you sit down to dinner with people. Uh, then you actually get a chance to sit and talk to them. On Sunday, I had uh, nothing planned, so I got up and got over to the show and was able to spend a little bit of time in the smoking tent, hanging out and visiting with people, uh, and then was able to walk the show floor a little bit. Uh, lots of it, it did seem like I'll, I'll say this. It seemed like there was a lot of um, uh, a lot of empty tables and maybe a few tables less than last year, but that just could have been my perception of it. Uh, it did seem like there was uh, there were some folks that had a uh, had a great show and were selling out pipes quickly, and it looked like sales were moving right along. Now for me on uh, from my perspective I was only the I was primarily there to say hello to everybody. Uh, I had just recently purged about 23 pipes from my collection and I uh, I really wasn't looking for any pipes and then I saw one that uh, that Ernie Markle had and I just couldn't live without it. So from my pipe show purchases kind of point of view I came home with <laughs> one new pipe and two tins of tobacco that were brought to me that I'm happy to have Uh, from events that went on beforehand. uh, I talked to Perry Jensen from McBaron and the, uh, and I really liked and, and understood he did a great job with the blending seminar and how to, blend or modify blends more towards your perspective. And that probably goes back to the McBaron tasting panel information. So heard a, heard a couple of guys said the, you know, it was really fascinating. Uh, McBaron and Sutliff introduced, uh, or reintroduced some blends and they, uh, they were there, uh, selling, uh, small portions of them. And again, it was just, you know, the, the overall atmosphere of the, uh, of the show was good a lot of you came up and said thank you for the show and nice to meet you and that was great because it was it was really encouraging for me to see and meet a lot of you for the first time and a lot of you said it was your first time at a pipe show so i'm glad you're getting out there glad you're doing that and i feel like i'm forgetting something else but uh sunday night and you know, just uh took it easy hung out in the smoking tent all night and chatting with people, smoking and drinking and having a good time. And then, uh, Monday morning, got up, had breakfast at the hotel again, hung out with a, with a few other folks. And, you know, again, it's just a great chance to catch up. I I'm looking forward to next year and not having a child graduating from anything. So I will be able to be there for more than 48 hours. All right. There's my, uh, Chicago pipe show report. Sorry, no pictures, no pictures. I promise. Uh, but, uh, Yeah, looking forward to next year and hope I can see you there. And in just a minute, Bob Clark.
1: This is Internet Radio. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations.
2: For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's
1: finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark they're a way to help you make your mark and like you there can only be one Savinelli
0: we're back on the pipes magazine radio show and joining us is a a, a, uh a a lifetime family fisherman and we're gonna we're gonna talk about fish because i like to eat it but that's all i know about it uh a pipe maker pipe repairman pipe smoker tobacco smoker just you know one of those guys that's happy smoking whatever he can get uh bob clark welcome to the pipes magazine radio show
1: hey brian thanks for having me
0: all right so you're so you're in new england in rhode island is that where you grew up
1: yep yes i am born and raised smallest state in the country um questionably the most corrupt state in the country
0: (laughs) well i was driving through uh i was driving through on i-95 through rhode island one time and i missed the exit and was in connecticut yep yep so that was it it was nice to see it
1: (laughs) in rhode island if you have to travel 20 minutes to get anywhere you have to pack a lunch
0: (laughs) do you you have to have a passport to go into massachusetts or connecticut
1: uh well they're, they're thinking about it
0: <laughs> Just to keep you guys out. Now, uh, you know, a hundred years ago, Rhode Island was the coastal playground for the uh, for the rich and famous, and some great it, mansions it, that out it there. Still is. <laughs> they they didn't all move out to Long Island. Excuse me. They didn't all move out to Long Island. Instead.
1: Well, no, they they they, they never have to move back because they have four or five houses. Oh, okay. Wherever they want to
0: be at. Yeah, good. I feel good for.
1: During you. the season, they're in Long Island, and then in the summertime they come down to Newport.
0: <laughs> so I, so I mentioned fishing, and what, and the type of fishing you do is not, you know, sport fishing or going out and catching a halibut and filleting it up. It, you guys were family fishermen going way back.
1: Yeah, um, kind of, a kind of a thing that we do here in you know, it's been passed down. Um, we do offshore, well, semi-offshore now, um, commercial fishing, lobster, shellfish, um, it's been that way for a while. Um, I was very active in it for about 10 to 15 years and then my career decided to go another route. Um, you know, it's, um, It's a great business. It's the worst job I ever loved. Um, (laughs) but when I got married, my wife, um, my wife is disabled and I wouldn't want her, I didn't want to put her through the uncertainty of this kind of a business. So, uh, at 35, I turned around and became a master plumber.
0: So when we're talking about fishing, we're talking about like the, like the perfect storm or the deadliest catch kind of fishing where you were out for a couple of days. Yeah, that
1: of, kind of stuff, minus, minus Alaska and that big a boat.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and not a really good smelling thing to go do either.
1: Well, um, you, I don't know because you, your senses go dead after a while, but, um, you know, You walk into a place where they have to get off the boat, people look at you and you kind of know, okay, that's the smell. I can't smell it anymore.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Now, when you were out on on the fishing boat, were you smoking a pipe then? Um, I started
1: to, and then that went away, and then it came back again, um, when you're out there you smoke a lot of corn cobs because if you lose it over the side you just go on the box and get another one. Yeah. And you don't worry about dropping your dunny over the side or something like that.
0: <laughs> Did you have problems with uh with pipes burning out because you were dealing with the wind?
1: Actually no, because a lot of times pipes would just a lit long enough to burn out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, you know, I've, I've always said that picture of the of the sailor on the you know at the helm of his ship and sailing with the wind and smoking his pipe is uh, bull hockey because there's usually ashes going all over the place and who the hell can get them yeah, lit? Yeah, maybe
1: they knew something I didn't,
0: but it didn't always work out that way for me. The wheelhouse where there was less wind
1: usually worked better for me.
0: <laughs> and then I guess if you smoked your pipe around some of the fish, then it was. Smoked fish.
1: Yeah, I guess you could look at it that way. It was, uh, it's depending on how tobacco you had, it could be really good smoked fish.
0: (laughs) All right, let's go back and and be. When did you start smoking a pipe?
1: Um, I started smoking a pipe in earnest, um, probably, oh, I want to say right around 1999. Um, It all started off with, you know, someone wanted, at a tobacco shop, they wanted like $40 for a pipe, and I just said, wow, that's a lot of money. I could probably make one cheaper than that. And then I went down that rabbit hole and realized that I should have bought that pipe. (laughs) We're at the point of no return now where what we call terminal briar status here, blocks, machinery, stems, you know. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's not a $40 pipe anymore is it
1: no no not at all um but yeah at 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 first glance you say wow I can I could build that cheaper than and now all of a sudden you, you build your first pipe and you make all kinds of mistakes and you throw it away and you start again and you make another mistake and you're like wow I should have bought that pipe
0: <laughs> now, did you have a lot of the equipment or did you have to go out and, and buy a lathe? Actually,
1: and- you know, when I decided to make pipes, um, and I started, I, my problem was I got addicted. I got addicted to making pipes very quickly. And, um, again, it's like anybody, a, a golfer or someone who enjoys a pastime, they just start dumping money into it. And I built my shop like the old Johnny Cash song, one piece at a time, hardly spent a dime. Um, I'd buy a, you know, I started off like most people did. I bought a wood lathe um, and I bought it secondhand because up here in New England, there's such a, an abundance of machinery Yeah, because this the area of the industrial revolution. You could buy a lot of stuff. It's very available and you know, I started watching YouTube videos and started watching what other people were doing. And, um, one piece at a time, I built a shop. Um, it probably took six or seven years, you know, cause I was, I was at it, you know, it, it was a casual thing, you know, right. and I, I loved making pipes and I always wanted something new or something to add to the pipe shop. And, um, one day you wake up and wow, there it is. (laughs) It's like all this stuff. Um, So yeah, uh, I totally filled the shop up with stuff that I need to uh, make pipes. Um, I pretty much just have just about everything that you could possibly want to make a pipe with. Um, I would argue that fact, but you know, after a while, my wife will look at me and go, really how much is too much? Yeah, you know, you get enough <laughs> machinery down there, you're, you're not buying another piece of machinery, are you? <laughs> That's what I would get. And then I realized that I'm pretty much here now. Um, Got to stop buying machinery and concentrate more on things like wood and, you know, the things you need to build pipes, um, the raw material.
0: So as a, as a plumber, you play with uh, water pipes, and then as a mm-hmm. pipe maker, you play yep. with smoking pipes.
1: Yeah. Now, and you know, it, pipe making and plumbing, the kind of thing is, you know, you've reached it, whereas you know, the last thing I want for Christmas is another set of pipe wrenches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't want to see another plumbing full. i um, kind of getting to that point now with like pipe making cool things like that. I've got everything. I've got files. I've got saws. I've got waves. I, you know, I just don't want to see it anymore. I want to see pipes. I want to see lots of pipes um, so I can fix these things and get them back to people who can appreciate them.
0: And as a pipe smoker, did you end up getting the gift of the, you know, somebody gave you a figural, carved-looking wood pipe of some sort? And
1: oh, I got the, I've got the pipe, the elephant head pipe. Um, I think my niece won <laughs> one time, and what do you say to a five-year-old? You know, thank you, honey. It's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now on the pipe rack, I have this elephant staring at me.
0: <laughs> and uh, so that's like the uh, we've all
1: had those Brian we've all had
0: yeah but that that's like somebody giving you a, uh, a set of uh, you know I don't know Chinese made uh, wrenches
1: <laughs> yeah exactly um, you know and as you well know I mean a pipe is you know there's pipes and then there's pipes um, we know that a gun held or something of a same quality, is going to naturally be better than, you know, <laughs> something you paid take, like $9 for. Than I
0: mean, an elephant yeah.
1: head? <laughs> well, yeah, I guess. <laughs> Could be the best smoker in the world. I haven't tried it yet. <laughs> you,
0: you may be missing out on something. Yeah. I might be. That trunk might hold the key to something special. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. All right, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll talk about uh, pipe repair, and uh, I don't know. We'll we'll find other stuff to talk about, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Have a look in your tobacco
2: cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what
1: you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste. And whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes,
2: and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried
1: and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm. Smoking pipes in faithful service of the
2: hobby.
0: We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Bob Clark. And uh, your website is Clark. Piper C-L-A-R-K, PipeRepair.com, C-L-A-R-K, uh, A couple of things on there kind of piqued my interest. One is the Elijah Cole pipe. So if you can give me, give us the uh, the background, the history, and why the name?
1: Um, Elijah Cole is the name of my great-grandfather, and he was a pipe-smoking shell fisherman and he was he was the real breed you know he's the kind of guy I never knew the guy and I never met the guy but from all accounts from my grandmother guy rest wrestler who lived to a hundred and something wow uh, you know he was the genuine article as she used to say um, you know look up Fisherman in a dictionary, and you see some pipe-smoking, weather-beaten, bearded man, that's him.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Did he he look like the the Morton's fisherman, except with a pipe in his mouth?
1: Uh, I wouldn't know. I've never seen a picture of the guy.
0: Oh. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Never seen a picture of the guy, but he was a guy that would go out and dig clams during two tides twice a day and support a family on it. Wow, yeah, you know it was just real old school.
0: So these are, Um, but these are pipes that you've made, but they're they're from some old stummels that you. I'm I'm guessing you didn't go to France yourself and dig them up, but you found them. No, no.
1: Um, I've got um, I had the opportunity to buy some stummels, and I got these stummels. They're French stummels. They came out of. one of the houses in St. Claude or, you know, an area right near St. Claude. Um, they're utilitarian pipes at best. Um, they it gives me the opportunity to, um, take a stumble. And like we were talking earlier, you know, I, I don't have the production facility where I'm jamming out 300 pipes a day. Um, so it gives me the opportunity to spend some time with each one of them, you know, and just, kind of work the airways on the uh, the stems and, you know, I'll put the standards that I wanted to put into these stems. I'll open up the airways so they, they, in my opinion, draw a little better. And at the end of the day, Brian, I think I've got a very decent smoking pipe at a very affordable price because, you know, I think... The day of the thousand dollar pipe are going the way of the dinosaur with the economy the way it is, and you know it's just a fact more people have under a hundred dollars in their pocket to spend than they have over a hundred dollars in their pocket to spend. Yep. and everybody deserves a good pipe.
0: Yeah. So, what happens when you run out of supply of these? Are, are you are you looking for more blocks? <laughs> um,
1: I'm always sourcing stummels for the Elijah whole line. Um, you know, but you got to be careful with stumbles um, because sometimes they're not... Sometimes, you know, things have a shelf life. And if you've, you've heard the people talk about the 100-year-old block of briar or the 100-year-old stummel. Um I'm kind of questionable about something that's that old because, you know, the wood gets punky and you put it on the drill and it cracks and breaks. Um, So I have to be careful about, you know, what I'm getting. Um, And I've been sourcing them. They're out there still. But um, one day, I guess, the well will run dry. And um, I haven't really crossed that bridge yet. But um, that's just a what I like to call the keep the left on pipes because, um, you know, they're affordable pipes and you know, I don't sell a hundred handmaids every day. Um, I'd love to, but, um, I've been having a lot more success with these than your higher end pipes. I, I can't tell you economically what's going on, but, um, I've been getting some very good feedback from them.
0: Yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at one online that's for sale for seventy five dollars for a sandblasted pipe and that's probably a 40, 50 year old piece of wood, so you know that the briar's at least, you know, well dried out.
1: Oh yeah, no, it's very dry. There's I don't get any wet pipes with these stumbles. They they're dry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. it's it 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 sounds like a you know, like a perfectly good pipe. Um what is the the difference between those and your handmaids? Are you with the handmaids? Are you starting uh, off with fresh with a fresh block and shaping it for the grain and cutting a stem and doing all that stuff?
1: A better the the, the difference is basically the materials. Um, a obviously a better grain block. Um, a better grain block on my handmaids. Um, usually hand cut stem versus a pre-molded stem. Um, although I'm debating now whether I'm going to be hand cutting stems. Um, I will on some pipes, but on more pipes, I'm just following the industry. Um, a lot of the industry, a lot of the industry have pre-molded stems and arguably depends on who you speak to. Um I haven't really seen a huge difference between a factory pre molded stem and a hand cut stem when they're done correctly.
0: Yeah, so you you that bring well and that'd bring your time down on those handmade pipes and you could make more faster.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Um you know, I've uh I've talked to some people, I mean a good mentor of mine Who's been very generous with his time and ex- expertise is Tim West. Yeah, and uh, you know, as you know, he owns JA Flow, and I don't think he's ever hand cut a stem on so many spikes. He's just got so many stems. Why would he do it when he has all these stems, and he can tweak a stem out to the point where. I don't know. I mean, maybe there's people out there, but um, if you do a stem correctly, can you tell a hand cut stem from a factory tree molded stem if they're both black and, you know?
0: <laughs> I can tell you, if I hand cut a stem, you'd be able to tell the difference because <laughs> mine, mine would look like a, well, I I have no hand making skills whatsoever. That's why I use my mouth. If- <laughs>
1: A lot of these guys will take anywhere between two and four hours to hand cut a stem. And that that's fine. If that's what they like to do. I mean, that's what they like to do. Um, I like making pipes, and I mean, I like making lots of pipes. Um, you know, I, I love having four or five pipes on the bench at the time. And that doesn't mean they're all going to go out way. but I just, on um, rare occasion do I want to spend a whole week making one pipe you know <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like a, man, yeah and,
0: this, I mean, and you, you know that's that's the beauty of the pipe world is that there are prices on pipes in all different levels and absolutely you know you it's kind of like kind of like finding your perfect mate just depends on what fits for you
1: that's it you know it's um there's room
0: to everybody yeah. uh, let's go back because you, you said something that's interesting and we've talked about it a little bit before and I think it would be good a good discussion to have here on the show but you said the age of the thousand dollar pipe is over and I guess what I think what you're referring to and correct me if I'm wrong is you know, the pipe maker that's been at it for a couple of years and then pushes their prices up relatively quick uh, you think that that there's been a fallout or a shakeout of those of those pipe makers
1: well let me let me qualify my answer I am not an economist or am I a, uh, a predictor of <laughs> what people will pay for or what people will make but you know we talked about the economy and the future of our hobby with federal regulations and all this. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, I am a venture capitalist. I mean, if you can sell a pipe for $100,000, God bless you. <laughs> uh, really. Yeah. But I just don't think that these people are out there anymore. Um, there's always going to be people who can afford a Rolls Royce and will have a Rolls Royce. Um, but that... Window gets smaller, and the people catering to that smaller window. You know, if you got you got a stellar world class pipe maker who makes pipes for 14 people on the planet, and then when one of them dies, you take the 15 to 20% click in the shorts. Um, there's a lot of people com- competing for that less than half percent business. Yeah. And I just think that, you know, to cater your height to that half percent is I mean, I'm not saying it can't be done. I mean it's obviously been done, but it it's a lot harder road to hope.
0: Well, and when you're when you're running in that thin of air there's not a lot of oxygen up there either.
1: No, exactly. You know, so I guess I don't know. I, I just try to I try to make a pipe for the mortal man.
0: Yeah. No, and, and, I, and uh, I I do think that, you know, five, six years ago, four years ago, three years ago, when you saw a lot of pipe makers that had been in it for three, four years and they started to push their prices, I think they got their tails kind of handed to them and the market said you know these are the people that are these are the people that are worth this price range and some of you are not and here you go yeah.
1: well you know pipe making and pipe smoking i mean like anything else you know it's a very subjective market um yeah. i'm sure that and, and for no other reason i'm just going to use them as an example but you know we throw the word gun hell around a lot a name that's completely associated with high-end quality But I'm sure that there are people out there that could pick apart a Dunhill and find things that are wrong with it in their opinion. And you know, what do we do? I mean, you get a guy that makes a beautiful pipe, and I think it's a beautiful pipe. But is it worth a thousand bucks? I don't know. I that's totally subjective to the buyer. And. If someone finds something wrong with it or something, you get a little buyer of remorse, and then there's all that, you know, flip-flop on the Internet and bad feelings are exchanged and it doesn't have to be that way. (laughs) Smoke a pipe, enjoy
0: it. (laughs) (laughs) Buy a pipe that you like the look of it, you like the feel of it, find a tobacco that you like the taste of it, and do it.
1: And do it, and do it. That's the whole point. Um you know, but like I said, I, you know, I'm just a plumber. What do I know?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, here's, here's an interesting corollary in your life. If you are the greatest master plumber in the world, and then there's the average plumber, uh, the average plumber might charge $75 an hour. Can the greatest master plumber in the world charge $7,500 an hour?
1: And they're out there. <laughs> <laughs> and they're, and they're out there. And they all wish that they were normal plumbers because they they try to find their client base and they like you said the air gets thin at the top. And when you start running out of running out of those kind of people that live up there and all the mortal plumbers are plumbing away.
0: Yep. Well and talking to you reminds me, and for those that are not familiar with the United States Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine are what I consider to be the the quintessential old school New England. Uh, Vermont, you know, Vermont's its own little world. Uh, But there is, yeah, uh, it's an old county of New York. Um, But there is a, you know, there is a lot of wealth up there. But there is also a lot of people that are exactly like you that get up, work you know work a work a, a a solid day for a decent wage go home and want to have a simple enjoyment and save a little bit of money every day and then retire and that is the new england mindset uh and that's one of the reasons why i guess there's so much used uh, you know used machinery in new england is you guys don't throw anything away either
1: no no they don't um that's why it really kind of tickled me pink. Like, you go on to, um, you know, certain plate making forums. Um, I'll use this as an example, type makers forum. And people are talking about getting my new, you know, Chinese made plate. Uh, you know, and it just blew my mind away. It's like, I got like buying this thing when you could buy American steel on Craigslist for pennies on the dollar. <laughs> and, yeah. I'm going to find out, you know, I never realized it, but you know, someone sends me a message from Wisconsin, and they're like, "This stuff ain't out here. I go four hours to look at a lead that I can't even use.
0: Yeah, yeah. So
1: yeah, there is a surplus of there is a surplus of machinery up here.
0: Yep. And then going back to uh, to your services besides the Elijah coal pipes and the handmade pipes. Um, you also do some pipe repair restoration fixing is there it. is there anything that you won't do to a pipe that's got a problem
1: um i haven't sent the pipe back yet <laughs> saying that i can't do it can't can't say that i won't but there's not much that i can't um i've always done pipe repair and i always had to dance on this fence. am i a pipe maker or am i a pipe repair man um People have told me, you can't serve two masters, and I don't believe that. Um, I've always done pipe repair. I never did it, well, I, I always did it on a very limited basis, but as of December last, um, I took over the repair work for Tom Tessier in Santa Rosa, California. Um, he had Bearbrier fryer pipe repair. And Tom decided that he's just going to retire with the wife and enjoy life. And through the goodness of his heart, he gave me his business. Okay. And he literally gave it to me, Brian. Um, he asked that I pay shipping to come across the country. And, you know, I got what I wanted. But the question is, you're going to want what you get. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, this guy sent me all his machinery, all his tools, all his inventory. Um, You know, when you open up a box and there's 70,000 stems in it, it's a little bit overwhelming at first. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I am blessed in in that respect. And, um, you know, if Tom's listening, thank you, God bless you. Um, This is a real opportunity for me to concentrate on something that I've always wanted to do with my life and as I mentioned before my wife is handicapped and ill and it gives me an opportunity to be at home to care for her being 12 feet away down in the basement doing work and being up to take care of her that's kind of like a win-win for me
0: yeah yeah, and, 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 you know, she, and, she, and she'll also make sure that you're not goofing around while you're down there too
1: oh yeah, no absolutely I gotta tell you my wife is my greatest critic and greatest supporter um i'll show her a pipe and she'll show me something going
0: oh bob we will with wrap my, this uh, up with the fast five final questions no right answer no wrong answer just whatever comes to your mind are you ready i am what is your favorite pipe
1: um my favorite pipe is a pipe branded Luxor. It's out of France. Um, it's a production pipe and by far the best smoker I've ever smoked.
0: Huh. And what is your favorite tobacco?
1: My favorite tobacco is Pride of Lock Woman produced by L.J. Um I don't know what's going to happen when Steve Ouellette
0: tries to retire. Stock up now. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> uh, what is your favorite drink?
1: Um, my favorite drink is a martini up real.
0: Ooh. Um, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music?
1: Um. Actually, um, I prefer music. Although I have it all day long downstairs. Um, classical.
0: That's a. Uh, Interesting. Did you have classical music out on the fishing boat?
1: Um, no, I didn't even have a radio out there. <laughs> oh.
0: And then lastly, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we haven't talked about?
1: Yes, I do. This is this is a this is what totally you're going to love this. Um, I went to the Chicago pipe show and Probably 2002. And I had made four or five pipes, you know. And like I said, as an amateur, you know, your pipes are the greatest thing ever. And when I showed up there, I really, it took me about five seconds to realize just how far out of my league I really was. (laughs) And I sat there and people walked by my pipes Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And it's Sunday, and one of my dearest friends who just passed away, um, Charlie Norman from LJ mm-hmm. Um uh, I told him, I said, Wow, no one's buying anything. He goes, Really? And he was sitting right next to me, and um, this couple walks by from China. They're obviously buying, out of buying things. And he looks at them and goes, Mr. Clark only has four pipes left. I, I take advantage of this immediately. And they fuck. <laughs> 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 and honest to God, Charlie and I laughed until we wet our pants. <laughs> I, I, put, I couldn't make this up. They had to be honest to God. It, it, as I look back now, I'm being gone. Oh, what was I doing? <laughs> and uh, Charlie just saw the you saw this kid who was selling his bites strapped to the head and he got handed a bunch of lemons and made lemonade. <laughs> <laughs> that's and, um, funny. Oh yeah, well no, that I couldn't make that up. That is that is my that my classic pipe making story
0: ever. <laughs> yeah. well, I couldn't believe it. Uh, again... only got
1: one pipe left. I'd get on this if I were you. <laughs>
0: That's, if P.T. Barnum was selling pipes. Um,
1: well, Charlie was. Charlie, Charlie Norman was, I don't know, um, by all accounts, um, people would say he's a curmudgeon. Yeah. And he probably was to a point, but once you've been underneath that raggy exterior, the man had a heart of gold, um, deep best friend and mentor someone could have. He had the largest privately owned Castello collection in the country with over 600 and some odd pipes. Wow. Yeah. Um, he would go every other year up to Cantu and, um, he would stay at the Villa of, um, is it, is it Franco? Franco Capo? Yeah. He, he would say that they were personal friends. Um, yeah, he was—he was the godfather of the northeastern pipe syndicate.
0: Wow. Well, that's a wonderful story. You, the website is clarkpiperepair.com dot com. Bob, thanks for coming on, and uh, we'll uh, see you uh, see you somewhere around on the uh, different pipe shows. Look
1: forward. I'm not going anywhere.
0: <laughs> and we'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Diehl. From the Seller Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely
2: proud of how far we've come. So, moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept, one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at CD, As a crew of folks who just love tobacco, it's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold.
0: This is Internet Radio. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, if you're in the New England area or anywhere in the country or the world, check out what Bob's doing. All right, for music, this this one was suggested to me. And uh, the the lyrics are cigarette-related. The band is called Rotfront, R-O-T-F-R-O-N-T. They're based in uh, Germany, but with... uh, uh, with Eastern European immigrants that uh, it's just called, I guess it's, uh, I don't know, it's more of a world, mu- world music style of, uh, you know, a basis of immigrants that uh, moved to Germany and some Germans. And so it's kind of in that fun style. Um, but uh, just listen to it. It's just fun. And uh, listen to the lyrics. Cigaretta,
2: cigarette, cigarette, cigarette. In the non-smoking times, I stand up for smokers' rights. Now in front of you, I stand with cigarette in my hand. You know I had so many girlfriends, but none of them was good enough. And the years with cigarette spent in harmony and love. Cigaretta, cigarette. cigarette. You make me feel much better, cigarette, cigarette. You make me feel so good, cigarette, cigarette. You make me feel much better, cigarette, cigarette. You make me feel so good. Yes, I read bad things about you, but I think they are all lies. You've been getting more expensive. Till I gladly pay the price. Friends betrayed me and deceived me. You, the one and only friend, cigarette, cigarette, you will kill me in the end. Cigarette, cigarette, you make me feel much better. Cigarette, cigarette, you make me feel so good. Cigarette. Die Krokette, schachtelweise, meiner sagt, ich soll mich schon Raucherlunge, Raucherbeine, trotzdem hat es sich gelohnt Die Zigarette zum Frühstück, man, mich schwirr für den Tag Ich auf so Sex, ich rauch gleich die Kippe danach Wenn ich sterbe, lebe mir bitte eine mit in mein Grab Und alle Raucher singen mit, wenn ich sag Zigaretta, Zigaretta, you make me feel much better Zigaretta, Zigarette. It
0: they weren't saying anything naughty in German. Ah, hell, I don't give a shit. Um, Anyway, I forgot to mention, uh, Mike McNeil brought a can of uh, Chesterfield cigarettes from probably the 1940s, 1950s, and I got to smoke one, and it was really good.
1: Congratulations, Skippy. You've got mail.
0: In the mailbag, if you have any comments or questions and want to email me directly, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you would like to advertise or promote on the uh, on the Pipes Magazine radio show, please email Kevin Godby, Kevin at PipesMagazine.com, and he will take care of all of that for you. Uh, on iTunes, which we love those iTunes ratings or reviews, uh, Matt CBT, M-A-T-C-B-T says, Love it always. I've learned so much from this top-notch podcast. Just glad we have you. Uh, in this fragmented world of internet and not many brick-and-mortar stores, I feel lucky to have found you. Thanks, Brian. And I think his name is Brian. And I think he spells it the right way because it's thanks, comma, Brian. So, therefore, it's not thanks to me. It's thanks from him. And uh, he spells it the right way. So, he must be a absolutely great guy. That's all there is to it. Plus, he left an iTunes rating or and a review. So, that makes him even better. And uh, going back to last week with Gib Robinson, Casey Ghost writes, Very good show. Gib was very articulate and rather talkative. His stories were very interesting. I agree. Secondhand smoke is not the villain it is made out to be, but found your argument there would be nobody left rather over the top. Well, that's what happens. Uh, And how can you go wrong with Dino? He ran around with that buffoon for so long, people can't believe what a gorgeous voice he had. (laughs) <laughs> I think the buffoon he's referring to is uh, Jerry Lewis, who, uh, yeah, you know, comedy team. And then uh, one of the guys could really sing a song. And uh, also on uh, regarding Gibb, uh, Renfield says, another great show. I've never been a serious collector, but it's always interesting to hear about other people's guests' uh, quests to assemble their vision of the ideal collection. These collections end up being... Uh, end up being either histories or snapshots of our hobby in a way unlikely to ever be seen in a museum sorry to hear that brian has been afflicted with pppss which stands for progressive prescription pipe smoker syndrome Uh, he says i know it well definitely a situation where church wardens have an unforeseen advantage we're not getting older just improving like a fine virginia blend renfield yeah thanks for thanks for that i'm fine i'm i'm aging more like a bad barrel of perique personally uh but uh you know it is what it is um also heard from a couple of folks at the uh uh at the show that they had a great time actually meeting gib and uh and uh got a couple that uh you know <laughs> got to talk to gib and hear fresh stories from gib so Remember, comments or questions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. It is now the first week of May, and if you're looking for something to do over the summer and uh, want to you know, escape the summer heat and maybe cruise to Alaska or uh, get more summer heat and cruise the Caribbean, now is uh, not a bad time to reach out to me. Or if you're looking at fall or Christmas time, you know, especially with cruises, uh, six to nine months nine months to a year out is not outrageous email me brian.levine at mei-travel.com and i will be happy to help you out all right rant time coming up next my trip to chicago was going along perfectly smooth and fine i got on the airplane everything on time everything running fine got a good seat got going get to chicago no problems had a few minutes waiting for my bag but no big deal get on the rental car shuttle and i get over to the rental car place and i'd rented from dollar which is part of uh, thrifty and uh, there's a line of like five or six people and two people working the counter now to shorten this story and not make it nearly as long as I waited in that damn line, uh, it, it took me—I from the time I was in baggage claim to the time I was at the Pheasant Run Resort was longer than the time it took me to fly from Charlotte to Chicago. I was in that line. It took me about an hour to get through that line and get to and get in my car. An hour. Now I remembered last year I had problems with the rental car place. So I waited until the until later on in the uh, on Sunday morning actually, I looked up on my computer who had I rented from before. And I had problems the year before with them. Well it was Thrifty Dollar. So long story short, I'm done with Thrifty. It doesn't matter or dollar. I've sent them an email and told them, you know, look, I'm a travel professional and I know that my clients have choices. Two years in a row, I've had super long lines to wait at your check-in counters, and I'm just done with you. And I don't care what they offer me, a free whatever, a free day, this, that, or the other. I don't care because the difference in renting with them was like, I think I saved like $20, $25. Well, I can't get the hour back, and the hour is worth that more to me. Next time when I rent from somebody in Chicago or wherever, I'm going to avoid thrifty dollar because I want to get going i want to get to where i want to be i don't want to be standing around Um, now on the good side they did give me a car that had five miles on it it was brand new so uh, still had to take some of the stickers off of it because it was literally brand new All right, there you go. Remember, if you have uh, comments or suggestions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. Talking about a fragmented hobby, if you have a suggestion of a pipe maker that's on Instagram or Twitter or whatever it is, uh, have them reach out to me if you'd like to hear them on the show brian at pipes dot com and again if you don't get an email back from me right away send it again in a couple of days because sometimes it gets caught in that nasty old spam filter but there you go I would like to uh, thank Bob for joining me thank you all for tuning in and until next time Happy
2: bomba to you Until bomba meet bomba Happy trails to bomba He's bomba dida bomba dida bomba dida bomba dida bomba dida bomba Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Happy trails (laughs) to you (laughs)
0: till (laughs) we meet again. People on the internet are much larger in person. Well, most of them.